Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. Today, I'm interviewing Hannah Brencher. She is a writer, TED speaker, and mental health advocate with a heart for building leaders. She is the author of three best-selling books, including Fighting Forward, Come Matter Here, and If You Find This Letter. She is the founder of More Love Letters, a global organization using the power behind social media to write and mail letters to strangers in need across the world. Named as one of the White House's Women Working to Do Good, Hannah and her work have been featured in publications such as CNN World News, The Wall Street Journal, Oprah.com, and Glamour. Hannah lives in Atlanta, Georgia with her husband, Lane, and daughter, Novali. Now, here's our interview. Welcome to the show, Hannah. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I am so happy to have you here. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. You have truly been one of the most motivating voices um, that I make space to listen to. Um, And because of that, I'm just so excited for you to be here talking about how you've been able to pray consistently in your life and share advice to others on how to do that. I feel like I am constantly... Um, just impressed with what looks like consistency. And you could tell us more about that, but I'd love for you to just start by telling us what your prayer routine looks like right now. Yeah. You know, it definitely is. I think it has been a journey for sure. And I, I think I've learned like the value of like habits and discipline and that that just kind of like weaves into every element of life, whether that's prayer, that's reading the Bible, or that's Mm -hmm. like eating healthy. And so it's like what I had to do with prayer is the same thing I had to do with every other thing I wanted to be disciplined in. It's like I had to take this like larger abstract thing and break it down into like smaller, more manageable steps. Um, And so for me specifically, when it comes to prayer, I... I am somebody that has to be like writing my prayers down. Like there's something about like Mm -hmm. putting them on paper that to me makes them feel real. Um, And I've been trying to break myself of that a little bit because I find now that like I'll be doing like a longer drive in the car or driving to an event or just driving to the grocery store. And I'm like, okay, but like I have the space here to pray and I should be able to have conversation with God without feeling like if I don't write it down, it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Like you're looking for a pin. Like I can't write whenever I'm driving. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm trying to break the, my own boundaries of like what my prayer mm-hmm. life looks like. But a lot of times like prayer to me is always hooked into my quiet time with God. And then like, I'll go through seasons where I am, you know, plugging it in all throughout my day. But I, I've really tried to be like, um, strategic with that of like, okay, so if, if the goal is to pray unceasingly, what are like small practical ways that I can continue to pray without like throughout my day without feeling Mm -hmm. like I have to stop everything to like get into my prayer closet? Yep. Yeah. Totally understand that. 
So what does it look like just every day? And I know not every day is the same, but what, what does that look like for you now? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I actually have like this, it's kind of like a method that I started when I, um, when I got pregnant, um, or when I was pregnant and then like a global pandemic happened and everything Mm -hmm. felt really hard. And, I felt like that was a time in my life where like, I wouldn't say I was like spiritually dry, but I was overwhelmed because I didn't feel like this overwhelming motivation to like sit down and like pray and read the scriptures, you know, like I just was tired. Mm -hmm. And so what I started doing is I started tracking like a list of what I call like my pleases and thank yous. Um, And so my pleases are prayers and my thank yous are gratitude. And it's like become a practice at the start of every quiet time to like write those down. And it it feels really simple, but that's because it kind of is simple, you know, and I'm not trying to overcomplicate it. Um, And then I'm also like an avid user of your prayer journal. I will say that that Mm -hmm. helps me to to check in on a monthly basis. And the beautiful thing about that is that it's allowed me to check in with my friends each month to say like, Hey, like, okay, like I'm filling up my prayer journal. Like, what do you need prayer for? You know, and like making sure that I'm like circling those people in prayer and then going through those. I don't go through them every single day, like in my quiet time, but like, you know, each week being able to go back and see like, okay, what are the prayers? And like, what do I need to, like, what do I need to be circling or following up with or like continuing to petition for? Yeah, no, I love that. I love hearing how people use it differently. And um, I was talking to somebody the other day about, you know, I think she had used, she had just had a baby and she used one month for six months. And, um, I told her, I said, I'm so proud of you for not giving up and thinking I didn't fill out the next month. So this is just, this just didn't work. Like using it, however, is going to make sense for you is like, I just love to hear that. And I love knowing you know, I know other people love to hear how other people use it differently so that they can have the, they can feel the freedom to do with it. Um, something different than, you know, what we, what we tell people about, you know? So I love that. Um, so I love the habit that you said, the pleases and the thank yous. I think that really helps, like you said, just break it down into the really small things so that, um, it's, it doesn't feel overwhelming to like pray, you know, like write this two page prayer or something. If you're yep. just starting out, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which you, I just, yeah, it's like you got to that though, but you've gotten to that point in a really cool way, but yes, tell us more. I know in your book fighting forward, you shared a chapter called take the vitamins. Can you tell us a little bit more about that idea and how it could relate to our prayer life? Yeah. So in the, um, in that chapter specifically, it was literally about vitamins, but kind of like more Mm -hmm. of like an abstract way about it was that like, I struggled for months and months and months to like take my vitamins and like the vitamins kept showing up at the door, but like it was on a subscription basis. And I just like, they kept piling up and piling up and like, I wanted all of the benefits of taking the vitamins, but like I wasn't taking the vitamins, you know? And so it's like one of those things where I think that trickles into like a lot of things in our lives where it's like, Oh, okay. Like I want to like, say for instance, it's like, I want to be, 
more fit or I want to feel better in my own skin or whatever that is. Like, it's like, well, you can't just like go outside, get one run or one workout in and like magically be in, in the body that you want to be mm-hmm. in. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. it's something that it's like, you have to commit to the journey and the process over time and the starts and the stops and the failures and the successes. And I think the same thing goes for prayer. It's like, it's an ever expanding journey that you're on and like yeah there are going to be some months where it's like you don't even like you know you don't even write down the prayers or like some months that you look up and you're like oh my gosh I don't even know when's the last time that I prayed Mm -hmm. you know and I think that like that's okay like it's okay to go through starts and stops but like you keep showing up and you keep building on consistency And that consistency is going to compound over time. So like the reason I love to write down my prayers is that I love to go back and look and see Mm. like, oh, like God did answer that prayer. I think so often we pray and then we forget that we prayed that thing and then we never follow up with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And so, Um, yeah, I just think, I don't know. Like, I think that we move in and out of different seasons with God and it's like taking the pressure off of yourself that like, prayer has to look a certain way and like leaning into like whatever God wants to do in that moment. Like for me specifically, I I just remember this um, season that I was in where I realized that I was struggling with like a lot of discouragement. Like that was the word that the Lord gave me was like discouragement. And I, it was affecting so many areas of my life. Like I was overly negative. I wasn't confident. I felt robbed of all self-esteem. And that was one of the times in my life that I was like, okay, like enough is enough. I can't continue to move forward this way. And so I'm going to go to battle. Like I'm going to go to war. And like what I did was I cleared out my office closet And I legit turned it into a prayer closet and I would go in there every single day and I would just deal with it. You know, like I would sit there and I would pray and I would wait for breakthrough. And I went in day after day after day until I really felt like things shifted and moved. And I walked out of that triumph, you know? Um, But I Mm -hmm. think at the same time, like, not every season of my life is a prayer closet season. And like, that's okay. Where it's like, you know, it might be like a lot of my prayers are happening on walks with my daughters now with my daughter, sorry. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like, it kind of just is like the ebb and flow of the season. I love that. And I have follow-up questions. Two things you said. One, what did you have anything in your prayer closet? Was there anything on the like any like verses or was it just like this is a place I just feel battle ready, I feel motivated? Or was it physically was there something in there that kind of kept you focused as you prayed? So I was physically every single day that I was going into the prayer closet, I was writing down my prayers and I was doing what I call like listening practice where Mm -hmm. I was listening for where God wanted to send me in the word for even in that time, like, even though I had a specific battle, like he was still giving me words for other people and words for my husband and words for people I barely knew. And so I was writing all of that down and I was plastering that all over the walls. So every time I went in there, I could see all of the prayers all over the walls. 
I love that. That's awesome. I think, um, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, closing your door and everything. And there is something very powerful about just being in a small space where you just feel like, you know, you're, you're literally blocking out the noise to where you can hear. So I think it's interesting. You said that was a time like the listening prayers was big there. Yep. Yep. Um, my other question for you was this idea of immediate results. So, so often I feel like we talk to people and they, you know, they feel like prayer, they, you know, they hear people talk about these amazing experiences and they're like, I'm just not experiencing that. And, um, I know even for myself right now, there is something, um, I've been having some anxiety and I want it to be fixed today. And everybody's like, go see a counselor. Mm. And I'm like, I get that. But that I, I told my husband, cause he was like, you know, why don't you go meet with Miss Carol? It's, it's, um, a lady I've been, she's been a mentor and she's also a counselor. But I'm like, Tyler, it's not a magic pill. Like, I want a magic pill. So um, it it wanting immediate results is so difficult because we feel like we're in these seasons of just like total despair. Like mm. we need to get up from ab- above the water. So how do you keep going on these small habits when you do just feel like I need an immediate result. I don't just want one. I need one. How, what would you say to somebody to say, like, just keep trucking along basically, but in a more motivated yeah. way? <laughs> well, and I think I, I totally get that. And I totally resonate with that because I, I am somebody who does love immediate results. I think a lot of us, mm-hmm. we we're wired in a culture of immediate results, you know, like you don't have to wait for anything anymore. If you're expected to wait longer than five minutes in a drive-thru, you're like, okay, it's not fast enough. And it's like, well, the drive-thru is already pretty fast to begin with, you know? Mm. Um, And I think as life speeds up with technology, I think that's where we get a lot of that expectation from. And so like, I don't know, like it's been a pull for me to like, step back into my life and appreciate the slowness. Um, But I also understand that that is not something that like when you're in a crisis mode or when you're in a spot where you feel like you want something to move and it's not moving, like that's not comforting to be like, just be in your life, you know? But I also think about the fact that like anything that I've gone through that has been really hard or that has tested me or has like, you know, threatened to break me, I feel like those are the seasons that if I just lean in, I learn the most, I evolve the most, and I uncover a new layer of like who God is to me. And Mm. I have to remind myself of that. But like, it was just like a few months ago that I was kind of going through some anxiety with something specifically. But it was like an anxiety where I felt very trapped in the sense of like, this isn't going to fix itself overnight. I don't know how to walk through this. And I remember sitting there with my Bible and um, I was led to a passage and I don't have like the specific verse right now, but I think it was in Mark. And it was, it was a story where, where Jesus basically said like, this kind of thing can only be uprooted through prayer. Like, and that hit me square in the face to be like, Oh my gosh, like I feel like that is what God is asking me to do is he's asking me to continually pray and to come back in prayer over and over and over again and know that even when it feels like my prayers aren't moving anything like this is the most proactive thing 
that I can do. And I know that's frustrating because you want like a, like an Mm -hmm. A, B and C instruction manual. But if we believe that prayer shifts things and changes things, like if we believe that the most valuable thing that God, that Jesus did while he was a man on this earth was withdraw to pray to his heavenly father, then we have to believe in the power of that. And that even when we don't see things moving beneath the surface, like something is happening as we show up in prayer. Yeah. And um, I just looked up that verse because I actually mentioned that verse on the podcast I was on earlier today. So it's funny you say it. It's Mark 9. I would definitely hold on to this. Like I'm going to write this in my prayer journal. This kind can only wait. I'm reading the NIV version. This kind can come out only by prayer. Like if we could cling to that Mm -hmm. and just know that certain things you can try every, everything in the book and try to get those quick fixes, but it's going to be prayer. I love that, Hannah. Thanks for sharing that. That was big for me to find that because I was like, okay, that's what I know. Like my listening practice is working. I'm like, that is exactly like, it's what I felt that I was supposed to do. But then to have that confirmation was like, whoa, okay. I do need to get more disciplined in this area, like in this specific like season of it, of like praying relentlessly for this thing. Yeah. So what would you say would be like a first tiny step to creating a habit of prayer? Um, just like a general step for, for people who are wanting to pray, but not knowing how to get consistent with it. I mean, I'm thinking two things. Like I'm thinking one of the easiest ways to like form a habit is to hitch, to hitch the thing you want to do to something you're already doing, you know? So whether or not that's like, okay, well, every single night I like wash my face and go through my skincare regimen. Well then go to that space in that area that you know, you're going to be in every night and like put a post-it note up as like a reminder to pray while you're doing that thing, you know? And so instead of just trying yeah. to be like, okay, well, like I'm going to start praying more and it's like, okay, but like, if it's not a natural part of your day, it's going to be very hard to form that as a habit and a discipline. So it's like, for me, it's like, well, I know that every single day I'm going to be getting a workout in that's, that's a discipline that I've honed over years. So what if I just took some minutes of that workout or a certain circuit and decided to just pray as I'm going through that circuit. It's like hitch it to something that you already know that you're going to be doing. Um, And then, you know, the other thing that I, I think was a game changer for me, this might seem like, I don't know, silly. You've probably heard of this, but like the uh, draw the circle challenge with Mark Batterson, like, that mm-hmm. has been the biggest game changer for me at a time at times where like I felt like there was something I really needed to like pray, but I, I felt stuck. It's like, well, then I pull out that book and like I, I do a 40 day prayer challenge, you know, and like that that's something that I recommend to people that are like, I want to pray more, but like I don't really know where to start. It's like, OK, well, like, why don't you start drawing the circle? Gotcha. And and so I guess the basic idea of that would just be like something that's like, it is, it is something that's designed to be, you know, like you said, 40 days, something that will, something that is basically the content for you so that like, you know, you can go there completely not knowing what you're doing yep. and not feel like 
it all depends on you. Yeah. I totally get that. Cause like, you're not paralyzed by that. Well, I don't know what to say today. It's like, if I can open a book Mm -hmm. and start reading about prayer, then I can, I can pray after. I know that's like a big heart for our, this podcast is just that, um, I know I love listening to podcasts, but I do want to be, you know, like I will choose a podcast over praying in the car often. Yep, Yep. And, um, for me, the idea was, okay, let's be a podcast on prayer. And that way somebody will, this can literally be an on-ramp to prayer in the car or, you know, like whatever you're doing. So absolutely, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, what have been the hardest obstacles when it's come to your consistency? And we may have kind of talked about it already, but if there's anything else you can think of, um, I would love to hear that. I think like the hardest obstacle, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people in this, it's just like distractions, right? Like you sit down to, Mm -hmm. you do your time like with God um, and like, oh, but like my phone's here or there's a pressing email or I'm just going to hop on Instagram or whatever that is. And all of a sudden, like you're torn away from that time with God. And I think that that's been one of the things that like I've had to like work really hard to like get rid of those distractions and uproot those distractions. Mm -hmm. Cause like the good stuff happens when you clear out the noise and the distractions, you know? Um, And so I think that like, I I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's what short circuits. A lot of people's walk with God. It's like, it's so much easier to just keep their phone by them. And that's when I would tell you like, turn your phone completely off or like put it into what I have is like a phone box where it's like, I'm not touching the phone while I'm doing this. And like, I think that it's like, if it matters enough, if it's important enough to you, then you should be able to get rid of that distraction. And is it going to feel uncomfortable at first? Sure. But like, eventually it's going Mm -hmm. to become a welcome part of your day, a, a part where you feel like you can like, you can breathe and look forward to that without like the constant, noise. I think that that's the challenge is that like, we are constantly filling our lives with noise. And I don't feel like, like I think about God and I'm like, God does not need to compete with our noise. He will always be here. He will always be present. He will always be willing to speak to us through his word. But if we always arrange for the noise to be louder than him, then like that's on us. That's very true. And I know you have, I feel like you have several resources on your website. Like you talk often about the phones and distractions. So we'll have to link to that just so people can be motivated in that way, because it is so difficult to, to clear those things out. Hi guys. If you are enjoying this episode, I've got a hunch. You realize how important prayer is for our lives. What if we got to give an intentional gift this holiday season to our loved ones that helped them grow in their prayer life and impact them the whole year through? We've been blown away to see how many people gift our Valmarie Paper Prayer Journals, but more than that, we're blown away by the new customers we get later who say they received one of the prayer journals as a gift for Christmas, and it was their favorite gift of the season. For as low as $15, we take that as a high compliment. Grab your list of people you're shopping for this season and head to our shop at valmariepaper.com to see if you can find the perfect gift. We've got journals for your besties, mother-in-law, kids' teachers, friends who are expecting, nieces and nephews, husband, and more. And don't forget to use our code NOISYWORLD 
for 20% off when you order three or more products. Head to our shop at ValmerePaper.com. So um, in the book, I talk about the idea that like what the world has to offer is like bluebell ice cream, which I don't know if you have bluebell ice cream there, mm-hmm. but um, it's delicious and we love it. And I have very a hard time saying no. I can say no to other ice creams, but I can't say no to bluebell usually. But I feel like prayer and our conversation with God is like a fresh strawberry where it is like sweet and delicious. But if you've been eating bluebell, you're mm. likely not going to choose blue uh, the strawberry over bluebell. But if you cut back on the bluebell and you cut back on um, the world, basically, you will get to enjoy the strawberry more. Like you'll have more appreciation for it. But but prayer cannot compete. And when we say prayer cannot c- compete, we know in our hearts that prayer is worth it. But literally, there are guys in California creating things that will addict us to our phones. Yeah. So, and prayer is not like that, but prayer is sweet and it is real and it is amazing when we enjoy it, but it's not going to grab us the same way. Yeah. So I think if we know that about that, we can know like, well, of course, we're, of course, we're going to think our phones are going to have something more for us right now. We can instantly look at something prayer. We can start talking and like, maybe it'll be, it'll bring peace or joy, but maybe it won't. And we just don't like those odds, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, just the distractions. I, I think everybody will totally be able to relate to that for sure. Um, well, I want to switch gears a little, little bit and hear what some of your, or maybe one, a big answered prayer that you experienced from the Lord. And it, it doesn't have to be big on this, you know, like a scale, but maybe something that you just knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, like this was the Lord answering this prayer. Um, and like you said, like this came only by prayer and not by any other thing. Yeah. I mean, I, it's so like, I'm trying to think of like those bigger ones, you know, because I can never think of the big ones. I can never <laughs> think of the big ones. I can always think yeah. of the little ones. I've gotten good at like praying those little consistent everyday prayers, you know, um, yeah. the bigger ones. So I'm like, wait, okay. But I think too, like, you know, I think like what we were just talking about before we started recording was that like, um, you know, me and my husband were in a season going through like the pandemic with like him being in corporate finance and like, just not feeling fulfilled in that, like feeling like he had done this for years and years and years and wasn't like, wasn't passionate about it, like didn't really care about it. And I'm not saying in any way of like, oh, like you just need to find a job that you're passionate about. But like, we were stuck feeling like we were dealing with a lot of like closed doors. And then we had this moment of like, okay, but like, what if like God is just asking us to like build a new door? And like, we, we'd never tried that before. We'd never taken that risk before. And I think like, you know, that is when we said, okay, well, we're not going to go ahead and apply for a bunch of jobs. Like we're just going to, um, we're going to try this out where like I'm working full time and like he's with our, our little girl full time. And like, we're going to give it six months and we're just going to see what God wants to do. And like, it's so interesting to see how like God bless that season, 
But also in that, like we were given opportunities of like opportunities for him to go back into corporate world or like, you know, get a job right by the house and this and that. And like he even went through like an interview and came home and we were like, wait, like, why are we doing this? Like, we didn't ask for this opportunity. Like we said, we were going to sit within this space and this season and see what God wanted to do. And so why are we trying to fix something that like God has made very clear? It's not broken, you know? Um, And so that is a season that I think we covered with so much prayer and trust and faith and it built us and it grew us so much. And like, we're, we're still in that season and just like Hmm. seeing God move in that. But like, it wasn't something that like we knew what was going to happen overnight. It was like a daily, okay, we're showing up and we're moving forward and God is going to meet us in this. And that's where I think it's like realizing prayer is not just like, prayer is not just the time where we stop and we talk with God or like we stop and we write our prayers down. I think there is ways in which we turn our lives into those prayers, you know, in the things that we say and the, in the actions that we take, like that, like we can be like weirdly enough to say, but like living, breathing prayers in the way that we are walking out our daily life. Mm. Yeah, it's you're taking your you're not letting your prayers stay in the prayer closet. Yep. They are affecting you. Your it's obedience. And so yeah, I can see that and I think it's interesting that the answered prayer that you're sharing is that it's something that was a daily consistent choice you guys made for for this season and even still are in yep. and just that it's not this a light switch turned on and you, this was an answered prayer that came one day, but more like, you know, you're walking in what God has for you right now. And that really is just a cool answered prayer. Cause you, you get to experience it daily. And, um, and as you continue to be faithful and consistent in following what he's calling you to do. So I think that's interesting. Your answer literally was, revolving around consistency in prayer. Well, so and I think yeah, that makes sense. That's why it's like why I love like why I love the prayer journals and like writing down your prayers and keeping those. It's like they become like anthologies for you to look back on, you know? And I think that mm-hmm. like that's the power of written prayer. It's like you might not see it right now, but you might look back from 6 months from now and realize like you are in a season of answered prayer. And like I think like I always look back to like Psalm 42 where like the psalmist says like in the message translation, he says, when my soul is down in the dumps, I rehearse everything I know about you. And I think a lot of that rehearsal comes from keeping an index, keeping a documentation of the way that God has shown up for us and the prayers that he has answered. Like that is the stuff I rehearse back to myself. It's the promises I've seen fulfilled through my own prayer life. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, we always say answered prayers are not just, you know, to experience, but they are to build your faith for that future situation where you're not seeing God and you can look back and think, you know what? I didn't think God was doing something then, but I have this record that he was working. So I'm going to trust that he's working now, Mm -hmm. even though I still can't see him. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. Well, have there been any no's that you can think of? um, Just flat out no's from God that maybe just how you felt in that season and maybe what God 
taught you through that, if there was anything um, that you felt like you walked away thinking, okay, I was so upset about this, but I could see how God, what God was doing now. Yeah. I mean, like that, it's another thing where like, I don't remember the nose, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I know, Uh, I know. (laughs) But I think too, like, I just, I don't know. Like, I think that like, it's in the seasons that like, I have experienced, I wouldn't even say like, I guess for this, like, not so much like a no or a closed door, but like, maybe I look and I think, okay, well, that's not exactly how I would have done it, or I would have orchestrated it. Like, I would have had better plans, God. But, like, you know, like, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. And so it's like, I have to, like, trust in that time that, like, it's not even for me to know everything. You know, I always look back to, like, the season that I went through, like, severe depression. And, like, what a dark and crazy and hard season that was. And how how often I felt like that was like the dark night of the soul where I didn't know where God was. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know why he was steering me in this path or that path. And like, I I think back on that and there was so much of like clinging to God, but also like not knowing what the next day was going to hold. Or like I would have gotten myself out of that pitch pit much sooner than I did get out of that pit. But now I can look back and I can say like, okay, like, maybe not everything is for me to know. And there are some things on this side of heaven that I I don't think I will ever know. But like, at the same time, like I saw God move in, in ways that I couldn't even imagine that if it had just been my way, I wouldn't have seen it. I wouldn't have seen that faithfulness. Yeah. I wouldn't have the faith that I have today that came from moving through the fire rather than the fire being removed right when I asked for it to be removed. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, I think that's, yeah, just an incredible perspective to have that, you know, you trust that you won't see everything. Um, I think like that just should remind us that that's what makes God, God, like he has, so much more not i mean that's not the only thing there's thousands of things but we do not know all that he knows and the fact that you can trust in those those moments like well i was kind of you know like i ended up being okay with that cuz i just trust that there was a reason for that that's that's huge and um that just um that speaks to your faith in the Lord. And, um, if there's anybody who's just feeling like, Oh, I do not feel like that. My prayer is that, um, like the disciples, they prayed, Lord, increase my faith. And, um, that is something that God can grow in us. So, um, I'll be praying that for, for anyone feeling like that right now. Um, I would love to hear was prayer modeled for you throughout your like early life. And if so, who was that? Yes, it definitely was. And it was modeled through my mom specifically and my mom being, Mm -hmm. you know, like the really the only believer in our household growing up. And so my dad didn't like come to know the Lord until much later on in their marriage. And like when I was basically an adult at that point in my 20s. Um, Oh, wow. And so I've always thought that that was like a really interesting part of my story to see it modeled that way because I think a lot of times especially like within like the church we talk about like you know like people like 
spouses that are equally yoked and like faith is something that you do together. And that's a beautiful thing. And you Mm -hmm. should do that if you can. But like my mom was in a situation where she was solo in that and that didn't deter her and that didn't stop her from continuing to show up day after day after day and not give up on the prayer that she had that one day my dad was going to know Jesus. You know, like I think of like how beautiful that is that she you know, that was like years and years and decades of praying that same prayer. And like, it did come to fruition, but probably not in the timeline that she wanted. Um, And so like, I always say that like, the reason that I am a Christian, the reason that I said yes to Jesus when I was 22 years old, was because of the habits and the way that I saw my mom model it for me every single day. Like there's not a single day that I can recall that like, I didn't see my mom sitting at the kitchen table doing her quiet time. Like that is like burned into my brain. And it's like such a treasured memory for me that like my mom didn't talk to me about these things. Like she did to a, to a certain extent, like she could talk about it, but like I saw her walk out her talk and that mattered so much more to me was seeing her rhythms and her routines and how they didn't deviate every single day because, you know, we're all really good at talking, but like it comes down Mm -hmm. to like, how are you going to spend your time? Because how you spend your time is going to determine what is valuable to you. And I saw my mom there every single day reading the Bible and scripting her prayers out. And that hasn't changed. And so now as a, you know, as a mom, I'm like, okay, like I want to model that for my daughter. I want my daughter to see me engaging in that same thing. Yeah, that's so cool. I love hearing this because I have seen you share about your mom on social media (laughs) and just to see what an impact she had not only on your prayer life specifically, but literally the consistency of praying every day and seeing her, you know, probably one of her biggest prayers, praying for your dad, like that, that took years and years and years. And you got to see that modeled. And I do not doubt that that is one reason you, that this is such a passionate message for you. Um, even if it's subconscious, you know, that, that she, she did that for you. So I love hearing that. Yeah. And like, um, just even in the ways oh, in which she prayed for like us, like I know that she was constantly praying for us and we didn't like, we did not fit that, like that standard of like the family that all goes to church together and sits in the pews together. Like we really like, I, I know we gave her such a hard time because not a single one of mm-hmm. us was interested in it. Like I wanted nothing to do with it. And like, it's so funny now to like know that she didn't stop praying for me, but like to now be like a Bible teacher and like influencing thousands of people. And I think like that is, you know, that is such an answered prayer from my mom. Like, because I didn't, you know, like I didn't readily accept it at first. I had to go out, live my life, try everything else, exhaust my options before I was like, okay, I'm going to give this Jesus guy a shot And even then, the only reason I did it was because of what I saw my mom demonstrate. Not what she talked about, but what Mm -hmm. she walked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is powerful. I love it. Okay, so Hannah, I would love to, to ask one last question. In what ways do you long to keep growing your prayer life? Oh, that's a great question. I mean... 
I want to be like such, I want to be a prayer warrior, you know? And I think that like that, that is a lifelong goal of mine. Um, and something that I'm continually realizing, okay, there's like another level deeper and another level deeper, and I'm nowhere near the finish line of that. But that's also exciting for me. Like even in this conversation, Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, like maybe I should go back and like clear out that closet again. Like, why am I not doing that more consistently? I want to, you know, fill that closet with my prayers over the years. And like, I think that it's like, I don't know, like I, I I want to get to a place where like, I'm so sunk deep in prayer that I feel like I'm so tuned into like what God wants to share with me that I'm like consistently able to like, give those messages to other people, you know, like not just when it's convenient to me, but like, I I so admire the people that like pray like bold, audacious prayers. And then like, God will be like, Oh, that person over there, like you have to do this or, you know, like to me, that's crazy. And I love that. And like, I want to experience more of that. Like, I'll never forget this like one story from like my my pastor in New Haven when I lived there about how like him and his wife were like searching for a house and while he was praying specifically for like the house that they were going to be in like God gave him a vision of cork like cork the material and he's like what uh-huh. like this is weird this is random but like I'm going to be on the lookout for this you know and they did house after house after house. And like, they, they were beautiful houses. And he's like, but there's no cork. Like, I'm looking for cork. And like, he didn't share this with anybody. <laughs> this was just kind of like a him yeah. and God thing. And he said that like, they got to the point where like, they move, they, they go and they view this house that like, this house that had been under contract and then came out from under contract and stuff. And the uh, real estate agent came in and he was like wearing this hat and they were like, Oh, that's a cool hat. And he was like, thanks. It's made of cork. And like, he was like, hold up. What? You know, like, and in his mind, he's like, God is answering this prayer right now. Like, this is it. Like we are standing in the house. And like, they believed through faith that that was going to be their house. And like, it ended up like the like original contract like dropped and like that ended up being their house, not without a lack of hurdles. But I think about that moment and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like how cool is that? Like I want experiences like that one where it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're trusting God for like something that you heard that like feels so random and obscure, but like, God is not beyond our random and obscure and crazy ass to meet him in that way because he knows that when he builds our faith in that way, we're going to get to be testimonies to other people. Yeah. And we're not moving so fast that we're missing that, you know, like there is an awareness that, that, that he had that, you know, God could be speaking those things to us every single day and we're just missing them because we're distracted. So yeah, I totally get that. Just that idea of like living so led by the Lord, like our every moves are just a response or an outflow of our prayers. So yes. And that just, that that reminds us to like, you know, stop before we're doing things to like, let prayer go before us, you know, of like, okay, well, if I'm going to hop onto this podcast interview, like, why am I not praying 
beforehand or if I'm going to go into a meeting instead of dreading the meeting and waiting for it to be over why don't I pray for an opportunity within that meeting to like maybe share my faith or like to be able to you know like open up a conversation that that didn't exist before and I think like instead of just like wanting to get past certain things like cloaking those things with prayer that are on our calendar like God would be able to like move so much more and like he's already moving but I think we're missing the Mm -hmm. nudges yeah oh yeah I mean scripture says you do not have because you do not ask so like there and I mean we're talking about listening too but um but yeah there there are things that God can do that he is waiting for us to listen and to ask yep so well Hannah this has been so good would you mind closing us in prayer Absolutely. I'd be honored. Dear God, we just thank you for this time together, this time to come and glorify you and talk about prayer, which is our you know main form of communication with you, God. And I just pray that any person that is listening right now, after, after they unplug from this, after they turn off the car, or they take out the ear pods or whatever it is, God, that like that you are going to find some divine way to nudge them, God, and to show them that you are at work and you are at work, like we said, in just crazy and weird and cool ways, God. We just pray that we can release ourselves from the distraction so we can be open to the nudges that you have for us, God, because they're everywhere. And so that is just the cry of my heart for every person listening, God, that they would release themselves from the distractions today, if only for 15 minutes, if only for an hour, God, and fully plug into their lives so they can see you moving. We ask all of this in your beautiful son's name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here, Hannah. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.